So if you'll just remain standing for a moment, I want to say how much that I appreciate Brother Carlton. And I love this man of God. And I know getting up here puts him out of his comfort zone. But that's how you learn, right? That's how you learn. And so he's learning. And I'll tell you what. I'll take a man of God that is willing to learn over someone that thinks they know it all. Amen. And so I appreciate you, Brother Carlton. And then I appreciate you gentlemen helping us back in the media booth. Um, so we've, that's how people learn is just doing it, right? So we've got some folks that are helping us out and I appreciate them. Just let me kind of give you what's going on. Sister Janet is not here tonight. She is with uh, who we call Pops and Granny. And that's brother and sister Tubby. Brother Tubby had a knee replacement surgery today. And so she has been with them and that is where she is at. And then sister Christine Darty had surgery on her back today. And that's where that family is at. And then all of our youth, they asked me if I would mind them starting, them not starting in here, but rather starting up there. And I said, that's no problem. So that's where they're at. And we just have some newer people helping us tonight and i appreciate that but just rest assured that god's on the throne and everything is good and we just keep we keep on keeping on the lord has been good to us and i think we've baptized maybe right around nine people in the last four weeks and i thank god for that amen i just want to just i want to tell you something else you know what? I don't, I don't pastor by my personal preferences. I don't pastor by my personal preference. You say, well, you're the pastor. You can do what you want. No, I can't. No, I can't. I'm honored by this word and I'm bound by this word. And there were some things that I grew up with, things that I grew up with that have become my own personal convictions. But I don't preach my personal convictions here. I want to preach God's Word. There are some things in God's Word. There's some things in God's Word called God's principles. It doesn't matter if you have a conviction or not. If you go against it, you're going against God's Word. There's other things that when it comes to your pastor, there's personal preferences. And, and I may talk on some of those. And then there's personal convictions and brothers and sisters we all need to stay open to hear the voice of God to speak to us because God may not want you to do something that your neighbor can do but God knows you have a problem with it and it could lead you into major sin whereas your neighbor may not have a problem with it and it might not be an issue with them and so we all need to be mature enough to realize that just because God doesn't ask me to do it doesn't mean He's not asking you and vice versa. And that is where maturity steps in. But we constantly need to be asking God, God, show me what is in my life that would hinder me from getting closer to you. Can I get a witness? Amen. So tonight what we're going to do is, is we're going to slow down for just a minute. I've given you a handout. I want to make sure that everyone has one. If you don't have a handout, would you please raise your hand? And Brother David 
We'll get you a handout. I want everyone to have one. We have enough for everyone here. So if you don't have a handout, just raise your hand. And then the pew, pardon me, the, there's a pen in the back of your pew. You can get that pen. You can use it. And you can actually take it home with you. And it can be yours to keep. We're going to go now. If you have your lesson, just get your lesson out. We're going to go to the gospel according to Mark chapter 12. And I'm going to slow down here for a little bit. I don't know if I'll get through this lesson, but we'll see. I want to talk about how to deal with how you feel. How to deal with how you feel. And we're going to start off with Mark 12. And right before we get into that, let me just say this to you. Brother David Grigsby, who has come alongside us and is now helping us. I gave you some misinformation. I told you he was helping someone move. That I don't know where I got that. That's wrong. He was actually going into a store and he slipped on some mud. And his leg went one way and he went another and so he's going to be having surgery tomorrow, well, Friday, around 8 o'clock. So if you can remember to lift him up in prayer. And that's why you haven't seen him, okay? But he's going to be all right in Jesus' name. And we're going to keep on trucking. Can I get a witness? Okay, now let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 29. This is the New Living Translation. Jesus answered him, The most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Amen. Father, let your peace rest upon this house. Let every Lord movement just be settled in this house so that all can be a peace and a calm here so that now, Lord, we can just receive what you want to speak to us because I believe this is very important. God, I just pray now that our minds and our bodies and our spirit would be open to receive your word in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. Thank you again for being here. You can be seated. Let's go back to your notes now. You'll see that particular passage of scripture, Mark twelve twenty nine. And that is, here's the most important commandment. You must love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Okay? Mamas, I'm going to ask you all to help me tonight. Okay? I need everybody to be focused. Jesus is saying that I want you to love me passionately. The Lord is saying, I want you to love me with all of your heart. I'm going to need y'all to help me tonight with these babies, please. Thank you so much. The Lord is saying, I want you to love me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, all of your strength. In other words, when we love God, He doesn't want us to just love Him with the head knowledge. He wants us to love Him with our heart. Amen. And brothers and sisters, God wants passionate worship. He wants involvement. 
I'm going to ask everybody to cut their cell phones off. We're going to get this. Okay? Nothing against babies, nothing against cell phones, but we need, we need, we need the word of the Lord. Right? Not upset at anybody, promise you. Just, I want you to be focused. This is very important that we learn how to deal with what we feel because we are emotional beings. And if we allow our emotions to control us, then we are not being led by the Spirit. Amen. I don't know that I'm going to get a lot of amens tonight. I hope I get more. But God wants an emotional relationship with us. In other words, He loves it when we raise our hands, when we sing, when we clap our hands, when we dance before the Lord. He loves it when we engage our emotions and we engage our heart. God doesn't just want a heart response. He wants a head response. He doesn't just want a head response. He wants a heart response. He doesn't just want you to just clap your hands. He also wants you to get knowledge of His character and of His Word. He doesn't want you just to dance on Sunday and, oh, this feels so good. He wants you to have enough knowledge that you can say, Satan, it is written. He wants both. Okay? Not either or. He wants both. And much of the time, our worship, brothers and sisters, is based on how we feel. In other words, man, God's been good to me. Oh, praise God. God answered my prayer this week. Man, I just feel like praising Him. That's wonderful. I'm thankful God answered your prayer. And I thank God you feel good and you feel like worshiping Him. But that's the emotional side. The maturity side said, God didn't answer my prayer this week. Things hasn't gone the way I wanted them to go. Life is not treating me the way that I would like for it to. But I will. It's a matter of my will. I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I, I'm talking tonight because... What I want from me and what I want from you and what I want from this church is I want us to not worship based off of has God been good to me this week? Has He answered my prayer this week? Did He put an unexpected check in my mailbox this week? I am thankful for all of those things. Those are great things. But can I tell you that you don't always get an unexpected check in your mailbox and God doesn't always do it the way you want. But His character and His nature and who He is, is always, He is always worthy of our praise. I will not and cannot base my worship based on how I feel. And now we, we, we have, we have, we have bowed down to the God of our feelings. And our feelings, brothers and sisters, have actually become an idol to us. One of, one of the culture's greatest slogans is, if it feels good, I'll do it. And if it doesn't feel good, I won't do it. And that's not in the Word of God. 
Amen. God says, I am worthy of your praise regardless of how you feel, regardless of whether you think I'm moving in your life or I'm not moving. I am still worthy of all your praise. And brothers and sisters, I've come to you tonight. And I just want to encourage you. We have to get beyond the God of our feelings. And we serve God not based off of how we feel, but we serve Him based off of who He is. Can I get a witness? All right, if you're following me on your first line there, first of all, God has emotions. Okay? God has emotions. In other words, you and I are emotional because God has emotions. And we are made in the image of God. If God wasn't an emotional God, then we wouldn't have any emotions. Okay? So, we, we serve a God that has emotions. Yes, God gets angry. He gets sad. God weeps. He laughs. And so because we are made in His image, we have those same emotions, okay? Here's number two. Our ability to feel is a gift from God. Your ability to feel joy, your ability to feel love, happiness, peace, your ability to feel contentment is a gift from God. Why? Again, because in Genesis 1 and 26, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So to be able to love, to enjoy, to have fun, to laugh, those are all emotions that we received from God. Now there are two extremes that we need to avoid. One is called emotionalism and the other is called stoicism. And so I'm going to explain those to you real quick. Emotionalism just says all that matters is how I feel. Okay. All that matters is how I feel. And stoicism says this, that feelings aren't important at all. Feelings are just not important. What really matters is the will and the intellect. Are you following me? Okay, so here's what is said about us Pentecostals. Those Pentecostals are just so emotional. They're just way too emotional. And then here's what us Pentecostals say about others. Man, when, when, when they go to church, they don't move. They just sit there. So, right? You've heard both sides, correct? Pentecostals are so emotional. Then us Pentecostals say when we go to someplace else, man, they just sit there. They don't hardly move. They don't hardly clap their hands. They don't hardly say, man, I don't hardly do anything. Well, here's the thing, okay? We, we don't want either one of those. We want a balance of both. Right? There are, there are times that we need to move and there are times that we need to be still. There are times we need to talk and there's times we need to be silent. There are times that we clap our hands and we dance and then there are other times that we, that we weep in the presence of God. So we don't want to be so emotional that we don't engage our intellect and our will. And we don't want to strictly engage our intellect and our will and also not our emotions. We want a healthy balance of both. So tonight I will just tell you in my flesh, this, you know, I, 
didn't really feel like worshiping the Lord. But I'll tell you this, I worship anyway. Why? Because I want to worship not based off of my feelings. And I want to learn how to deal with how I feel. We're going to talk about it. Now, God gave us in your lesson, He, yeah, he didn't give us that lesson, but in your lesson there is a blank, and the blank is God gave us the book of Psalms in order to understand our emotions. When you read Psalm chapter 1 through 150, you will see the gamut of every emotion known to man. Okay? Every emotion ever known to man is in the book of Psalms from Psalm chapter 1 to 150. And God gave us the Psalms to let us know. Brothers and sisters, I know most of you have been taught you don't ask why. I'm going to tell you, you can ask God why all day long. Just don't demand an answer. God is okay with you asking why. He may answer you, he may not. But God is okay with anger, he is okay with your grief, he is okay with your questions, he is okay with you getting mad at him. Your God understands emotions. You say, how do you know that? Because I've read his word. God got angry. He got angry at the Pharisees. Did he not? He turned over the money changers and the tables. That was anger. That was a righteous indignation. Okay, Your anger, listen to me, your anger is a sin when it hurts others. But your anger can be good if it's righteous. Okay. When you are using your anger, let's say, let's say that this is the first thing that pops to my mind. Um, you're, you're using your anger against sex trafficking and you are raising funds to try to stop that because you understand the pain of that and that makes you very angry. Now that anger is being used for a righteous cause. That makes sense? Or you've suffered abuse and you're angry when you see people being abused and you step in there. Because you know what it feels like to hurt like that and to, and, and to go through that so you get angry. Anger is not always wrong. Anger can be a sign. It can be a, a, a signpost of a problem you are to solve. What, what do you mean by that? I get, I hate, I hate struggle. I hate to struggle and I hate to see you struggle. And that's why I'm not afraid to preach on tithe and offerings because I don't want to see you struggle in your finance. So I'll take the hit of people saying one thing when I know that's not in my heart because in my heart I hate to see you struggle. I don't want you to have to struggle. I hate struggle. So therefore, I come and I try to bring the knowledge of God's Word so you can be informed and you can do it like God wants you to do it. So... You don't have to struggle. God doesn't want you to struggle in your finance. He doesn't want you to struggle in your emotions. He don't want you to struggle raising your kids. He don't want you to struggle your life. Why? Because he has come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God doesn't want us to survive life. He wants us to thrive through life. Does that mean we're always going to be on cloud nine? Of course not. We have bad things happen to good people. 
Right? Am I making sense? But the more you learn about God, His nature, and His principles, the more you're going to be an overcomer. You won't be overwhelmed with life. You will overcome life. You'll know how to respond. Why? Because this Word will teach you. This is why I keep saying, get your face out of Facebook and get your face into the book. I'm not against Facebook. I keep saying and I'm not against any social media. But six hours of TV is not going to help you to be an overcomer. But if you'll memorize this word and you'll hide this word in your heart, then you will not sin against him. Does that all make sense? That's why I do what I do, because I hate struggle, and therefore it is a signpost to me of a problem I am supposed to solve. Okay? Okay. I hope that made sense. Now, let's, let's talk about why the Bible says it's important to learn how to manage our emotions. Number one, it's a key. It's a key to having peace of mind. See, see, I'm going to get off on some stuff. I don't know how I'm going to get through this lesson tonight, but I'm going to just tell you I'm old school. Okay, I'm not asking you to do what I do. I'm not asking you to do what I do, but I'm going to tell you. I'll just tell you for the record. Me and Janet could take our kids out to any restaurant and they didn't embarrass us. You know why? Because we taught them at home. Brothers and sisters. I know many of you have been abused and I am extremely sorry, but I will tell you this. Discipline in love is very different than abuse done out of hate. They're two separate things. And you can have peace in your home if you will discipline your child in love. That doesn't mean you need to beat them. I'm against that. But you can discipline in love and have peace. I went to restaurants in peace. I am not going to let a three-year-old tell a 35-year-old what to do. It not, it's not going to happen in my home. It's not going to happen. That's why I couldn't be a teacher today. God bless all you teachers. I couldn't be one. I'd snatch them up. Say, it ain't happening. Did not happen. And you know what? Trey don't have a twitch and Molly don't turn circles. They're both okay. They're both okay. You know why? Because you do it in love. Discipline in love. And this is why we say, I don't understand God. I'm going to tell you something about God. God is not all patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. God is about you and I maturing. Right? And so He will discipline us. But he doesn't do it out of anger. He doesn't kick us around and call us names. And, and No, he does it in love. And he's very long-suffering. But he's wanting something out of you that he knows is in you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. You do not have to let Junior run you crazy. You don't have to let Junior run you nuts. You can have peace in your home with your kids if you'll do it God's way. I don't care. Oh, I'm going to get off on this. I don't care what this culture says. It does not matter to me what this culture says. I'm going to tell you what I built my life on is the Word of God, not this culture. And I don't plan on building it. 
on this culture. I'm going to keep building my life on the Word of God. Listen, you are going to build your life on something. You're going to build it on Spock. You're going to build it on this or that or the culture, but you're going to build it on something. And you better make real good sure what you're building your foundation on. Because can I preach tonight that if you don't have God right in the center of your foundation, it's going to crumble. If you don't have God in the center of your marriage, it's going to crumble. No one in this building in their right mind would say, I'm going to build a half a million dollar house on a pile of sand. You wouldn't do it. There's no way you would do it. Then why do you want to build your life and your future on the values of this culture when it's sinking sand and the famous and the rich and they're all blowing their brains out because it's not in fame, it's not in fortune, it's not in fast cars and beautiful women and nice clothes and fine wine. Your future and your foundation is in the Word of God. Build your life on His Word. Say, Pastor, you mad? I'm not mad at all. I'm passionate because I hate to see you struggle. If you look at me and you say, Pastor, I like whatever. You know what? Then do what I've done to get what I've gotten. I don't claim to be anything, but if you see something you like, then just go back to this word because that's probably where I got it from. Started memorizing scriptures when I was a child. My daddy put it in me. I had to quote, I had to quote one of the ten. I had to throw, quote actually three of the ten commandments every night before I went to bed. You say your daddy what? I know your daddy may not have been a preacher. I get that. But you know what? You can change it in your life. Right? You can start some traditions in your own home. You can break the curse, and you can break the chain, and you can be different. Is it going to be easy? No. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But you can do it. How? Through the help and grace of God, and relying not on your willpower, but on God's power. And saying, God, I need you to help me to overcome this. Did that make sense? So, what, 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 how do I learn to manage my emotions? Because then it gives me peace of mind. See, it gives me peace of mind. I'm not up one day and down the next. I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like being around moody people. Therefore, I try not to be one myself. Do I have bad days? Sure, I do. We all do. But learning how to manage your emotions is a key to the peace of mind, and it's also a key to success. And it is a skill that we can get good at And if you learn how to manage your emotions, brothers and sisters, it gives you an enormous advantage in life. Because most people don't know how, and most people are not good at it. Here we go. So, go back to your lesson. Why must we learn to manage our emotions? Number one, because our feelings are often unreliable. I wrote something in my phone over 12 years ago, but man, I really felt it. Guess what? I was dead wrong. Dead wrong. Still have it in my phone to remind me. Wayne, you cannot go by your feelings. Put it in my phone. I really believed it was going to happen. It never happened, and I had another verse under it. It never will. You cannot always go by your feelings. 
because your feelings are unreliable. Some of the things that some of you feel about yourself are dead wrong. Some of the things you feel about yourself because authority figure spoke it over to you, that is dead wrong. And if you let that become a label, you'll live out that label. And you'll let that sentence or that label or that two or three words become your future. And I'm going to tell you, they were dead wrong when they said it. They should have never said it. And if you now take that and say, that's who I am, you're dead wrong. If you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not dissing your parents or throwing shade on them. But listen, if you come out of darkness into his marvelous light, he called you out. He's got a purpose. You're accepted in the beloved. And don't try to change them. You can't change anybody. Just change yourself. But just because they said that doesn't mean it's true. And for you now to take that, and say, you know what, because they said it, it must be true. No, it's not. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, even if your parents said it, if it doesn't line up with the Word, it's not true. Are you with me? Some of the things we feel about other people are dead wrong. This is why I try to come alongside this church and say, do not please be judgmental based off of the outward appearance. We look at somebody and we see X, Y, Z, they must be. You don't know that. And Pentecostals are some of the best at it. We make a judgment based off of what we see. And even God did not do that. How do you know? Because he tells me in 1 Samuel, I don't judge based off of outward appearance. Now, is there certain appearance I'm going to be as your pastor? Yes. I like a certain appearance. But I'm not doing it to impress God. Okay, I'm not doing it to impress God. I'm doing it because it's what I feel I need to do. And I want to represent you well. So I have some personal things in my own life. But I'm not pastoring out of personal preferences. And I'm not pastoring out of my own personal convictions. But I pray every day, God, convict all of us. And let there be nothing in our hearts that come between us. And God, if there's something in my heart that is coming between us, please show me. I did something very simple the other day, and I'm not going to tell you all what it was. Because I'm just not, but I took something and I just burned it. I just burned it. I don't know if it was any hindrance in my relationship, but I'm going through my whole life and I'm just looking for anything that may be a slight hindrance to me getting closer to the Lord. Because brothers and sisters, I tell you with all the sincerity in my heart, I want the power of God in this room that shakes, that shakes people. When they, when they come in here, they say, I've never felt anything like it. And when they walk out of here, they say, I gotta get back to it. Because there is a power that has been prayed down and fasted down and hungered. I'm not about spitting foam and fluff and puff. I want you to feel the power that just, whoa, my Lord, that is 
powerful. And that don't just happen, brothers and sisters. Somebody has got to make some sacrifices. Because the greatest love is self-sacrifice. And so I do things because I want to make sure God's anointing is resting on my life. Because I know how valuable your time is. And you don't have to come on a Wednesday night. But you come because you're such sweet people. And I don't want to waste your time when you get here. So I say, God, please give me something that will add value to the lives of your people. And when they walk into this house, let them feel the power of God. And let them come into a house where we love one another. And we're all at different stages and ages and growth in our spiritual journey. Is that all right? Our feelings are unreliable. Look at Proverbs 14 and 12. says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Well, I think this is right. Well, I think this is right. I'm going to keep going back. It's not a matter of what I think. What does God's Word say about it? What does God's Word say about how I live my life? What does God's Word say about my money? What does God's Word say about how I raise my kids? What does God's Word say about worship? What does God's Word say about my feelings? What does God's Word say about my marriage? It's all in this book. Thank you, Jagger. Jagger's helping me tonight. Okay? Just because I feel it doesn't mean that it's true. There is a way that seems right to me, but the end can lead to death. Right? Here's number two. Why do we need to learn how to manage our emotions? Because I don't want you to be manipulated. Come on, that's a good word. You can be manipulated by your feelings. If we don't control our emotions, they will control us and we will be manipulated by our moods. Right? Here's Proverbs 25, 28. Says this, Like an open city with no defenses is the man with no check on his feelings. That's good. When we are manipulated by our moods, we don't do what we don't want to do. We, we just say, well, you know what? I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. We don't do what's right to do or what's healthy to do because we're just being manipulated by our moods. And can I tell you that you are opening the door for Satan to enter your life because it is one of Satan's greatest tactics to come in and dominate your negative emotions. And I'm going to tell you what will happen. You'll start going downhill. Because now you're starting to listen to a lie. You're starting to buy into how you feel. Well, you know what? I don't feel like worshiping. God hadn't done this. He hadn't done that. Listen, it doesn't matter how I feel. I don't always appreciate what God does. I don't always know why He does what He does. But He is in a high tower. And He can look way further down the road. He sees the curves and the bends. And He, he knows things that I don't know. So I just keep watching and I keep working and I keep praying and I keep walking knowing that he's faithful. Can I get a witness knowing that he's faithful? I, I got to take five seconds here today, y'all. I was coming back from the from the uh, hospital and I was on the 210 bridge 
And uh, it kind of goes, it kind of goes down, then it goes up, and then it goes back down when you're going back over towards sulfur. And so I uh, come up, and right as I topped the hill, everybody was backed up. It was backed up, so boy, I had to throw on my brakes. I put on my flashers, and uh, just in about a minute, here comes this car, and I could see this car, and apparently this person was not looking, and they're flying. They're flying, and they're about, I can see it in my rearview mirror. I said, oh my God, this car is fixing a rear in me. It, it was fixing to happen. Today, it was fixing to happen. And all of a sudden, this car moved out of the way. This car went here. Then he went over here. Then he went here, and he stopped. And I said, God, thank you for your protection. Because this would have been a much different day today. Because I'm telling you, that dude was going at least 55, 60 miles an hour. Probably looking at his phone. Wasn't paying attention. What are, what are you trying to say? I'm saying that I'm thankful for a God that watches over us. That protects us. That is looking out for us. And sometimes it doesn't seem that his, like His protection is there. But I'm going to tell you, it is. He does all things well. Can I get a witness? All right, can I keep going? Here for a few more minutes. Look at 1 Peter 5 and 8. says this, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If we, brothers and sisters, don't have self-control, he's going to eat our lunch. That's why we must learn how to manage our emotions. How do we do this? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Almost every day, Almost every day I wake up, I say, God, pour your love into me so you can pour it out of me. God, help me to have self-control so that I don't take my mouth and use it as a weapon against my wife, my kids, this church, or anybody else. God, give me self-control because y'all see me up here. But I'm going to tell you one of my faults. I'm going to tell you one of my faults. I can go from zero to 60 in a matter of three seconds with my temper. And I've had to learn through the help of the Holy Spirit to learn how to control and manage and begin to eradicate the anger. I'm going to talk to you. See, it's not about when you're here what you are. What you really are is when you're being squeezed. Right? You want to know what's in a tube of toothpaste? Squeeze it. And whatever is in there is going to come out. Oh, you're not who you are right now. I'll tell you who you are when your boss has ticked you off and your wife has called you an idiot and your kids are disobeying. That's who you really are. And that's when you need more than willpower. You need God's power to say, God, guard my mouth. Come on. You know, you know why? Because when you're put in the squeeze, whatever comes out is what's in you. So here's what I got to get honest with Wayne. And I got to say, God, I'm bringing this angry heart back to the cross. God, I'm bringing this angry heart back to the cross. And I go back and I say, God, help me to get all of this out and dump it at the altar because I don't want to dump it on my wife. I don't want to dump it on my kids. I don't want to dump it around the people around me. I want to be Christ-like. 
Christ like never, Christ never did, never did talk down to people. He always tried to lift people up. He never used his anger as a weapon against people. It was only for righteous purposes. Are you with me? Have I just made sense? Okay. So what are you saying? I'm saying that I'm still taking my heart to the altar. I would love to get up here and say I've arrived and I'm perfect, but I'd be lying between my teeth. Thank God He doesn't use only perfect people because He would have only been able to use Jesus. The rest of us are a work in progress. Come on, somebody. That's why we need to leave all these judgmental attitudes at the front door. God's still working on you. Listen. I know I've gotten off of my lesson, but I want y'all to listen to me. Whether you're Larry and Nelwyn and you've been around a long time, or Sister June, or you're one of the Hope House, everybody in here has a next step. You never arrive. You never get to the place. You learn it all. You know it all. You got it in the bag. Everybody ought to be asking, what's the next step I can take? How can I get closer to God? God, show me, Lord, what is in my heart that is keeping me from you. God, I don't want to be Lord Moody. I want to be a master of my moods. God keeps showing me, and we all keep taking the next step. Most people don't get fired because they don't know their job. Most people get fired because they can't get along with people. And they don't engage their brain before they engage their mouth. Some of us need to say, help me, Lord. Come on. We need some honest folk in here to say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Why must we learn how to manage our emotions? Because we want to please God. Come on, on, somebody, because we want to please God. And God is not pleased when you're on cloud one day, nine, and the next day you're down in the mully grubs, and then one day you're up, and the next day you're down, one day you're good, and the next day you're bad. People don't want to be around that. God cannot be God in our life if our emotions rule our life. If we make all of our decisions based simply on how we feel, then we're making our feelings a God. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8. Would our musicians come, please? To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in what? Talk to me. Life and... You want life and peace? Then let God control your emotions. Those who obey their human nature, what does it say? Cannot. Cannot please God. I know there's a devil on many levels, right? But I know there's a devil because Sunday morning is the best time for an argument. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Your kids go crazy and you start arguing with your spouse on a Sunday morning. You know why? Because the enemy wants you to come into this house managed by how you feel. Oh my. You know, right? Yo, I just am who I am. I've never tried to put on airs for any of you. I am who I am, right? We just need honest folk. Because you ain't going to get anywhere until you get honest. We all have things in our hearts that we need to take to the altar. 
And the enemy wants you to come in here all mad and frustrated. That's why I've looked at Janet and I said, Janet, look, I'm not running from this. I love you and you love me. But we're not going to address this right now. We're going to go to church. We're going to love God. We're going to do our best. Then we're going to come back home and we'll settle this. Nine times out of ten. I said nine times out of ten. It's not Janet, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Baby, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that either. Don't worry about it. We're good. But the enemy would try to get you all ramped up so you'll miss out on what God wants to do for you that particular Sunday morning. Get your emotions all ramped up and get you all mad at one another so you can't come and receive something from the Lord. You know what some of you sweet people ought to do? You ought to get all your kids' clothes laid out. You ought to get all your dishes and their breakfast and everything laid out. My daddy always taught me, son, don't, I, I, really, I really don't want you going out and staying laid out on a Saturday night because Sunday morning is God's day. And I don't want you falling asleep in church. So I really don't want you staying out late. I want to give God my best. I want to worship the Lord with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. Would you stand with me tonight? TPC, you're literally some of the sweetest people. I believe with all my heart. I believe you're some of the sweetest people walking the planet. I believe that with all of my heart. But I have a vision for this church that God has put in my spirit. And it's a powerful church. It's a church where people are healed in their pew as believers who are not getting ready but are ready. Just lay hands on somebody and say, I agree with you. I speak healing over you and God does it. I see a church where, you know, we're not having to call people to an altar, but right where they're standing, they just lift their hands and the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon them. The power of God comes into this room, heals marriages and heals hurts. I just know this. I know it's a different day than the 80s. It's a different day. And we got to have more than three points in a poem. We got to have God to heal the broken heart. We got to have God to deliver from hurts and habits and hangups and addictions. We got to have the power of God and we can't afford to waste a Sunday because we don't feel good. Or my boss said some things to me and you, you can't shake it. You just carry it right in here on Sunday. We got to be more mature than that. We got to be thinking of others, not just ourselves, but others. I love you. I love you. Father, I thank you for the great privilege the great privilege of standing before some of the sweetest people on the planet. And God, I know how hard it is to change. And I know, God, how difficult it is, Lord, to things that have been in our hearts 
how difficult it is for that to be washed out of our spirit. So I just keep coming back to you in all of your mercy and I keep bringing you my anger. Keep bringing you things in my life so that I can reflect your image. So that I can love like you love and forgive like you forgive. Lord, take this simple lesson tonight. Let it be a seed sown in fertile soil that will bear forth fruit in due season. In Jesus' mighty name. Kaylee, I just want to go back to that old course. I love you. I love you. I love you. I know it's a Wednesday night, but I wonder, is anybody, has this resonated with anybody but me? I love you, sweet people. And I want the love of God and the light of God and the salt of His Spirit to impact everybody we touch. I wonder if you're brave enough, would you step out of your pew and just come and bring your heart right now to the altar. To my sweet elders, come on, let's take that next step. We never arrive. We never arrive.
ever fall in love with Jesus, it'll change your life. If you ever lay your will down and pick his will up, it'll change your life. If you ever stop doing it your way and do it his way, it'll change your life. And I hope to see you Sunday. We're going to have a dynamic move of the Spirit Sunday. Come on. Let's go.